The following presentation has been prepared by the Video Tax News team for Canadian tax and financial professionals. Program recorded January 19th, 2023. Enjoy! Welcome to the February edition of Life in the Tax Lane. Personal tax season just around the corner, but it's not just those personal tax returns, those trust returns that we need to be thinking about. Joe, Hugh, what do we got? Well, geez, Caitlin, that UHT, underused housing tax, that is a crazy one. Hugh, why don't you take us through a couple items? Just what we needed, the brand new underused housing tax season to add to our already jam-packed spring. Mm -hmm. Well, this is the tax that the government said, what, over a year ago now, in order to cool the housing market, we need to get the non-residents to quit buying up our, all our real estate and pushing the prices higher, and they're not living in it, so Canadians have nowhere to live. We'll charge them a special tax on underused housing. And a lot of us just thought, okay, it doesn't affect me because I am mm. Canadian. And if you're a Canadian citizen and you own your own house, no big deal. If you're a resident, permanent resident for immigration purposes, same deal. You're treated like a citizen, no issue. But if you own a corporation that has residential real estate, well, unless it's traded publicly, you got to file a return. If you personally are on title for a property, but you're not the real owner, maybe you hold it for a partnership. Maybe you hold it for a trust. Uh, maybe it's sitting in an estate. Oh, look, now we got a filing obligation. There's a lot of ways to end up with a filing obligation. CRA calls those people affected taxpayers. They may not have to pay the tax. But you're going to have to go through a lot of work to find all the exemptions that may get you out of paying the tax and you still are going to have to file with CRA to say, here's why I don't owe you anything. One property at a time. And if you got five people on title, they might each have to file a separate return for that property. Uh, CRA has started rolling out the information on this. I think we've seen a lot of stuff. No return yet. But five UHTNs, technical notes on various aspects, one of which says, oh, and if you want more information on this, it'll be in note 12. So that's at least seven more to come. Pretty complicated stuff. Uh, Joe, what are accountants going to do with this? Yeah, you know, this is the big question. As an accountant, can I just sort of wash my hands of this and just sort of say it's somebody else's problem? Well, mm -hmm. I, I think the thing you got to think about here is CRA is administering this program in respect of a corporation. Who's usually in charge of CRA interactions for a corporation? Mm -hmm. That's you, the accountant. So there's probably going to be an expectation there. Now, we don't know if the accountant's going to be able to actually file it on behalf of them or not, but you know, there's going to be something we're going to have to do and, and let our clients know about. So we really got to be careful here and, and kind of figure out where we're going to fit. Now, the other side of it is if you're a business owner, um, just realize that, hey, listen, even the accountants out there, we're, we're still not sure about how we're going to deal with this. The rules are still not sure. So you've got to be aware about it because those returns are due just a couple months from now at the end of April. So this is coming fast and hard. Penalties are $5,000 for an ind individual, $10,000 for a corporation to start. Yeah. Big deal. Watch out. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm going to shift gears, but it's not going to get any better. So don't you worry. We're going to yeah. talk about uh, statute barred periods in respect of corporations. And sometimes we get the question, okay, how long does CRA have to reassess me as a corporation? Now, the rule for CCPCs is three years after the date of the original assessment. However, we've spoken about a situation where CRA can go beyond that three-year period, where there's a misrepresentation attributable to carelessness, neglect, willful default, or fraud. 
Well, this month, the question was asked of the CRA. You can reassess beyond three years if you think we were neglectful. Well, what if we tell you that we were neglectful and we ask you to reassess beyond that three-year period to our benefit? Increase that refund. Can you technically do that? And will you do that? Well, we know in a court case recently that the court said, yeah, CRA does have the technical uh, power to do it. However, CRA has said in this interpretation, we will not reassess a taxpayer based on their own negligence when they ask us to do that beyond that three-year period. Now, that's that's for the corporations. If you are an individual taxpayer, you may have a position to get a reassessment beyond that three-year window, but that's under a different section of the Act, under the taxpayer relief provisions. So an interesting argument, question asked of the CRA this year, or this month, pardon me. Now, well, Joe, or, yes. Kate, I can certainly see CRA's point on both of these. Mm-hmm. We have a rule for individuals to get past the normal deadline, yeah. but there is no rule allowing us to go further for corporations. And do we want careless, neglectful taxpayers to have more opportunities to get a refund than careful, diligent taxpayers? I can see why they may not want to encourage that. Uh, that is a fun question. Another thing they didn't want to encourage was overclaims under all those COVID subsidies. And I yeah. heard from more than a few practitioners during the pandemic about fly-by-night advisors giving really aggressive, egregious planning advice to access more than you should get under these programs. And is CRA going to do anything about that? Well, according to a recent news article, they've gone after about 2,000 audited claims that they're linking back to those aggressive tax planners. And uh, first 300 audited got 25 million in claims back by CRA, most of which also got a 50% gross negligence penalty. So I guess the answer is, yes, they are going after those egregious claims, Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. but they're going to find a lot of things that aren't that egregious that were honest errors because there were a lot of legitimate questions under these. And one that CRA recently opined on was the question of a corporate partner in a partnership. If they've got their own wages, not Mm -hmm. partnership wages, do they get access to the wage subsidy or the rent subsidy for that matter? Do I get to count my partnership income? as qualifying revenue. And CRA said, now that we think we got that figured out, no, we don't think your partnership allocation of income is qualifying revenue. So if you based a claim on that, you may be getting a call from CRA about making a repayment. Uh, There, I don't think they're going to go after penalties. Hmm. Yeah. Now, Hugh, what I wanted to mention now, it's, I want to change gears again, like Caitlin says, and uh, talk about relationship breakdown. So maybe you're one of these uh, very aggressive filers and it's caused a problem in your relationship, but there's a breakdown. So what do you do in that situation? Well, I got to say... Find a new like, hobby? <laughs> I, I guess. Don't be so aggressive. I don't know. Um Regardless, you got to get that written separation agreement in place. And here's a couple examples of why it matters. Think about the principal residence exemption here. Um, you basically can designate one property per family unit. Um, and if you don't have that written separation agreement in place, you're still considered one unit. And you might be living in these situations for like five, 10 years, mm-hmm. each in your own house. Well, only one of those two houses can be designated. So it can be a problem. So that's one example. Um, another example is spousal support. So uh, if you you want to be able, if you're paying spousal support and you want to be able to deduct it, 
that payment has to be made pursuant to this written agreement. Uh, so you got to get it in place. If you don't, then it's not deductible for you. Not taxable to the other person mm. either, though. Now, we did see a recent case here where there's uh, parties that had split up and they made one for just themselves. So it didn't involve the lawyers, etc. They just did their own thing. Um, but it only covered the first four years, three, four years after separation. X amount will be paid for months. So that was fine. Those were deductible. But then that 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 period expired and they kept on making those payments, um, were they able to get a deduction for those years? And eventually the court said, yes, you can. That was really an extension of the original agreement. But you had a fight with CRA. You had a fight in court. It got very complicated. So just get it in place to start off with. If you, you know, Unfortunately, you know, you got to get the lawyers involved uh, to, to view these kind of things here. But um, you know, it's just a reminder of how important it is. Okay. What other aspect that we run into when we have these relationship breakdowns and we have kids involved is whether we have a shared custody arrangement with our former spouse. If you do have this shared custody arrangement, you share, for example, the Canada Child Benefit 50-50, not shared custody, one parent gets the full benefit here. Now, what we had this month is a situation where they did cross their T's, dot their I's, they got the agreement in writing, they had a shared custody arrangement, they were sharing the CC benefit, CCB benefit 50-50. However, life happened, things changed, and the two daughters decided to live with their father. They moved all the crap over to dad's house they slept there because you know kids got a lot of crap and, and they slept there um overnight however they continue to visit their mom on a near daily basis she's a fantastic chef and they have lots of chocolate around the house so the question is do we still have a shared custody arrangement and the court here said no you live at dad's house your possessions are there no longer is it shared custody dad won the ccb bonanza he got 100% of the payments. Mom no longer had that 50% amount. So just heads up there on those changing situations. That's all we have time for. Have a good one. The Video Tax News team has been providing Canadian accounting professionals with practical tax information for over 40 years. Subscribe to one of our tax newsletters or join us as we present live and pre-recorded seminars relating to both personal and corporate tax. For more information, go to videotax.com. The preceding information is for general information purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive, and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts or circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more information, go to videotax.com slash disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News Inc. 2023. All rights reserved.